Returning our Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 9 and verse 1. John chapter 9 and verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a blind man, a man which was blind from his birth. Eyes to see is our message. Eyes to see. Eyes to see what? I will explain it in the message. It will be our final message. We are I have been analyzing the conversions in John's Gospel. There are many conversions in the Gospel, the Gospels, but I have selected John. Conversions are wrought under different circumstances among people, various cultures, various uh, situations people are in um, when they are converted. Uh, they're different circumstances. But the means by which conversion is wrought is the same. And I've repeated this. I'm not repeating it because of forgetfulness. But I'm repeating it deliberately. The means by which God convert his people are the same. The hearing of the spoken word. It is the word that cleanses our hearts. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Psalm 119, verse 19. Verse 9, I'm sorry. Forgetting my Psalm, my scripture that I knew so well. Sign of all age. We said not only are the means of conversion the same, but the effects of conversion are the same. Jesus said it to Nicodemus. When blow where it wills, cannot tell whence it come or where it goes, so is he that is born of the Spirit. The same expectations after the Lord converted men yesterday are the same expectations we must look for today in people who say they're converted. A lot of people say they're converted and they're lying. Not, no work was done within, otherwise the effects would be seen. So we want to be clear in teaching the conversions that we read of in the Bible. Don't want to gloss around anything. We want to bring everything on the table. Obedience to the word of God, one of the effects, conversion. Worship to the Savior and bearing testimony of his grace. These are effects. Here in John 9, we will find this account with the blind man whose sight was restored. The same effects we saw in Nicodemus, the woman at the well, the man at the pool. We will see the same effects to clarify what I have said. 
And we should see the same effects in a life that is converted here today. Only a few statements of Jesus are recorded in this narrative. The blind man is given most attention after he receives sight. But the key person in the chapter in the narrative is the Lord Jesus Christ. And John 20 verses 30 and 31 is the key verse that Bible scholars say that is in the whole Gospel of John which said many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you might have life through his name the signs that Jesus did are are, 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 are signs pointing us to Christ, the salvation, the conversion. The recovering of sight to the blind man is the sixth of seven signs recorded by John. I always wonder why he recorded seven. In addition to the blind man receiving physical eyesight, the Lord gave him spiritual eyes to see, and we are assured of this in verses 35 through 38. And you can turn over there, chapter 9, you see. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him? And it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Here we see the effects. Christ revealed himself to the blind man who became a worshiper. That's what God said. He's the one, he is one of them who the Father was seeking to worship. More than physical sight that this man received, God gave him eyes to see the Savior. And miracles are signs directing us to the message of salvation. Now, I know that natural blindness presents many physical limitations. I know this, you see people at the airport um, that are blind, and even though they're blind, there's nothing stopping them. I, I marvel at them. But natural blindness presents some limitations. But spiritual blindness leads to eternal ruin. Christ said of the Pharisees, leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Jesus acknowledged the blindness of the religious Pharisees. And many people who are spiritually blind are led by those who are spiritually blind. Think of the many religions today. Spiritual blind men leading 
spiritual blind people. Christ said both will end up in danger. Both the teacher and the follower would end up in hell. And that's how serious it is. I'll be looking at three, as usual, observations from this passage. The blind man, the works of Jesus manifesting, and the witness of the new man. The blind man, the works of Jesus Christ manifesting, and the witness of the new man. Three simple heads. First, the blind man, verses one through three. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now I am sure that there were many other blind men in Galilee during the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Narrative didn't say anything, but I'm sure they were. But this one was of special interest to Jesus. Think of it. John the evangelist says, Jesus saw a blind man. Just as the man at the pool of Bethesda was of interest to Jesus, this blind man also is. The physically blind in those days were much different than our day, where there are many social aids provided to help blind people. Dogs, service dogs, and now dogs have privileges, now they have their bathrooms that they can go in. It's wonderful. Back in those days, blind people, only means of survival was begging. This blind man was no exception, for we are told in verse 8, part B, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? That's how they survive. See this a lot in Zimbabwe and Harare on the streets, even kids. You see kids, little kids, led or leading their parents. And sometimes yeah, some of them are lying, of course. But this is, this is how they survive. But John says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, in the word of God, whenever Jesus passes by, it is not simply an aimless, casual passing by as you and me. It is deliberate. You're dealing with eternal God here. He has a reason for passing by. Second, whenever Jesus sees someone, he sees them different than you and I see people. We see the outward appearance of people. We see their bodily shape. Sometimes you have to take your eyes quickly off of some of them. God sees our innermost being. He sees our spiritual ineptness. That's what he sees. Jesus said of Nathaniel before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. It's a terrible place Philip was under the fig tree. He was trusting in a cursed religion. Jesus saw him. Nathaniel was brought to Jesus by Philip. But Jesus saw him long before he came to him and saw what he was trusting in. 
similar statement was made in John 5 with the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda when Jesus saw him lie there and knew that he had now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? Whenever the scripture tell us that Jesus sees someone, it is an inference of him seeing one in a redemptive manner. He's about to do a work. The book of Exodus, classic example, God was about to deliver his people from Egypt. He said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. He sees us. Yeah, he sees us when we are flying high in our sin. But he leaves us alone. But he sees. The omnipotent God is seeing all of us. Hopefully he's seeing some today. In love. I don't know. He's sovereign. And that's why the great Fanny J. Crosby can say, could say, Lord, while on others thou art smiling, do not pass me by. She recognized that God was not obligated to save her as he was saving others. With would to God that you and I would understand the sovereignty of God in seeing his elect. John highlights another important truth about the blind man. He said that this man was blind from birth. This was not merely to show his long-standing state of blindness. It is to show the spiritual state of all men. Yes, Liz Mercy, you too, spiritually blind. We were all born with a birth defect. Cannot see God, cannot see the things of God, not interested in him. We are limited in seeing him and his will. The Bible says the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. How is it that a baby can bawl their head off when somebody is holding them and shut up as soon as their mother comes? Is that an accident? I don't think so. I don't think so. As much as you say, ooh, ooh, gah, gah, and what a bundle of love, the wicked go astray from the mother's womb, as soon as they be born, speaking lies. We are all born with the curse of sin by virtue of the fall. Man in their fallen state never sees themselves as spiritually blind. Can't see. 
left to ourselves, we will remain in our blindness. Well, the scripture says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. These words are to remind us of our natural spiritual state and show that every soul is exposed before God. The head of the church said to the church of the Laodiceans, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and know not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked. Now Jesus was speaking to a congregation, a church. He accused them of being naked and wretched and blind. Couldn't see. As a matter of fact, he said in that context, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking. If anyone hear me, I'll open, I'll come in. Who's knocking? the blind man's door. As I just quoted the great Fanny Crosby as she penned this beautiful hymn, this dear sister recognized the sovereignty of God. Pass me not, O loving Savior. He was not obligated to save as he passed by. But she called on him anyway. Verse 2 goes on. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who's saying this man or his parents that he was born blind? The question asked by the disciples in verse 2 is really a false assumption that many have today. Many feel that physical birth defects are, is a result of sin. Sometimes, sometimes that's true. It may be. But in this case, the Lord says no. You may remember in Exodus 4.11, the Lord said to Moses when he was making excuses that he couldn't speak. The Lord said, who have made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? God takes credit. For those who are born with physical birth defects because it points to another message it takes credit for that today we have a lot of aids to help verse 3 says neither have this man sin nor his parents but that the works of god should be made manifest in him now, how can we reconcile these words with Romans 3? Neither have this man sin or experience. How can we recon reconcile this with all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? The Lord is not saying that this blind man and his parents were sinless. What he's saying is that the state of blindness in this case is not a result of the man or his parents' sin. It's not a result. Sometimes we get beside ourselves. God recanted that principle, the sins of the parents fall on the children. It's a false assumption that people have. Physical suffering today, 
is not a result of personal sin. Many religions I know bewitch their followers, telling them their situation is a result of sin. The devil have inflicted them. Innocent victims are told by false teachers their problem is Satan. Young women that I know that can't bear children are hounded and persecuted by witch doctors in Africa and they're told you should leave him. Misguided counsel. Women are tortured. Remember Hannah in the Bible? Tortured by others because they can't get pregnant. And some of them go to extreme means to get pregnant. You should be careful. There ain't nothing wrong with you. God is at work. Trust God. That's what you need to do. Sometimes children come out with their head turned behind their back and their, and their eyes in their, behind their head. Because we can play God. God can show us. You don't play with God. But what I'm saying, physical limitations is not a result of sin. The law in Leviticus says, Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shall fear thy God. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19. 14. Christ had a purpose for this man's blindness. He says, Neither have this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This is our first observation. The blind man made some comments and some applications under this head. Point number two. The works of Jesus manifested. Verses 4 through 7. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now these words should be our mindset if we are Christians. You see that text I've just read? These words should be your words also and mine. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. Jesus was sent by his father for a particular work. It is true that he did many miracles. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he fed the multitudes with five loaves and two fish. But the primary work of Jesus was a spiritual work to open the eyes of the spiritually blind, to raise to life those that are spiritually dead. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, and I read it from the Word of God. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord 
is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke said he closed the book. He stopped where he wanted to deliberately and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled. Jesus came to open the eyes of the spiritually blind and he did it by opening the eyes of the physical blind. That's his work. Proverbs says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord have made even both of them. This is what he's about to do in this chapter. But I say to you, this text that I read is not only for Jesus, but it is for the Christian. It is for me. I must do the work of him that sent me. Because the night cometh when no man can work. And by the way, the night is speaking of judgment. And especially speaking about the period in time when nobody will be saved. And I wonder, I wonder really where we are. Where fewer and fewer people are converted. Look at our church. When last did we see a conversion? When last did we see a baptism? Is it night in this church? Is it night? Night is a very dangerous place to be. Is my work coming to an end here at City View? I would like to know. The night comes when no man can work. Oh yes, we'll be spinning our wheels. I discuss it with my wife. Is my tenure coming to an end? He's not speaking about a 24-hour period. He's referring to the season of grace. Lord said that we will do greater works. We do not have to go to Africa or overseas to be saved. Neither do we have to teach a Sunday school class. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is there. He came in the day of grace. We are living in the day of the Lord. <clears throat> We are told to redeem the time because the days are evil. What else can I do? What more can I say, brethren? How more, how more can I appeal to people? Verse 6 and 7 show some of the works of Jesus Christ manifested. I'll show some. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Said to him, go wash 
in the pool of Siloam, which is what the interpretation is saying. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now, this is a strange procedure that Jesus used, but it has a telling significance when you study it. He spit. First means he used was his word. He spoke. I told you this is one of the means. And whenever Jesus speaks, he's speaking the word of God. When you and I speak, we speak the words of man. But whenever you read and Jesus said, that's the word of God. Rest assured, it is God's word coming from eternal God. Bible says every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And the blind man put his trust in Jesus' word. He says, go and wash. And he went and wash. He didn't procrastinate like Naaman. He Second, he spat on the ground. The spit on the ground. Why is Jesus doing this? Why is the Lord going through this? unconventional procedure. To spit in the Bible is a serious thing. It is meant to denote something or someone is under a curse. That's what it means. But remember the book of Numbers 12? Aaron, the brother of Moses, and his sister Miriam decided to challenge the leadership of God. God struck Miriam with leprosy. And the whole congregation was subject to a curse. They couldn't move. They couldn't go forward to the promised land. Mir Miriam was excommunicated. She was under a curse. And God said these words in Numbers 12, 14. The Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face. Should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received again. Miriam became a curse. And the whole congregation couldn't move. And God says, if her father had spit in her face, she would be unclean. She is under a curse. She was excommunicated from fellowship because of the curse of leprosy. And you and I are shut out from God because of something worse than leprosy. When Jesus was rejected by the Jews, spat upon the Bible says I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that pluck off the beard I hid not my face from shame and spitting it became a curse crazy like Isaiah 50 verse 6 Isaiah was predicting that Christ suffering 
he became a curse. And that's why he didn't hide his face from spitting. Can you imagine that? Spitting in the Savior's face. Just spat upon him. Here he spits on the ground to remind us that this creation is a cursed creation. Christ sees the earth a little different than you see it. You shouldn't love this world. The earth is filled with war, filled with viruses as a result of what God declared curse is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. This has not changed. This is the cause for physical sickness. This is why this man was born blind physically. Curse world. This was the reason why the man was in the state he was in spiritually. Part of the curse world. You see the works of Jesus Christ. The other thing the Lord did was he made clear where he anointed the eyes of the blind man. Jesus is displaying his creative power. He fashioned man from clay. He remembers that we are dust. Not the potter power over the clay, the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor. Oh, he's sovereignly working on this particular man. As he sovereignly works on his elect, making a new man, creating the same way he created Adam from the dust, he recreates, analyzing the conversions. We make salvation a cheap commodity. I can come when I want. I can be saved anytime. Not so. Not so. I can decide. Not so. The Creator is involved. It's about high time you understand the gospel and what conversion is. The third thing that our Lord did was he commanded the blind man to wash in the pool of Siloam. It's similar to what Elijah, Elijah said to Naaman in 2 Kings 5, go wash in the Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Naaman was beside himself. He wanted an interview with the man of God man of God spoke from a distance. And that's how Jesus saves, from a distance, from heaven. He uses servants. Go and tell Naaman, wash. He uses preachers. Go and tell so-and-so you need to be saved. 
There were no healing properties in the Jordan River. There were no mystery in the pool of Siloam. There was nothing mysterious about the pool. The healing properties are in the obedience to the word of God. When one hears the word and believes, they receive life, spiritual life. The washing in the water is symbolic, symbolic of the cleansing provided by the word. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. These are means of grace by which God saves us. Paul uses this image in Ephesians 5 in relationship to husbands and wives. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Give himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Are you a husband? Do you speak the word to your wife? Or do you sit down and watch Jerry Springer with her? You should be ashamed. I'm serious. It's the word that cleanses. There's no healing grace in a baptismal pool. Many people seem to think that there is special grace in water baptism. No. They give special attention to the mode of baptism or the place they were baptized. The only baptism that is of any value and is recognized by God is what we read in 1 Corinthians 12. For by one spirit, <coughs> Are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. It's a baptism that took place when a person becomes comforted. We know not when we see the effects beginning to take shape. A love for the God for, for God. A desire to know more of his word. A desire to fellowship with God's people. Do you have those effects? If you don't, you need salvation. I would not lie to you. You need to be comforted. You need to be saved. Lest you perish in hell forever. I wouldn't want you to sit under the gospel. And the Lord said to you on that day, depart from me. I never knew you. I know all about you. Yeah, I know all about you and your church attendance. But I never knew you. It's an awful, awful thing that many people will hear because they're not comforted. Oh, yeah, they play that way. But there are no effects. So this is the work of Jesus being manifested. These are the means by which the spiritually blind receive their sight. It's, it's the means of grace. It's the means whereby we are comforted.
all was done by the Lord Jesus. You can go back over them, what he did. The unconventional things he did are meant to teach spiritual lessons. The Lord was, must remove the curse of sin. He must speak the word to our hearts. He must anoint our eyes. We must be washed. We must be cleansed by the Spirit. So I've shown you the blind man, the works of Jesus Christ. Lastly, the witness of the new man, the witness of the new man. We come to another very important line, the witness of the new man. First eight, the neighbors therefore, and there which before had seen him, that was blind said, is not this he that sat and begged? Now, the works of God are not a secret work. Every morning you and I see the works of God. And so is the conversion of a person. You know that when you become a new person, a Christian, the first person that discovers it is your neighbor, your wife, your parents. What's wrong with you, Brian? Every time you come here, you got a Bible. What was that? That's what I used to be told. That every time you come here, you your whole conversation with me changed. You, you, you're telling me, you know, what I'm doing wrong. What was wrong with you? I'm your mother. I know, Mom. Sad, but this is the experience I had. The first person that sees conversion is your neighbor. In asking questions, you have the answer. This man said, a man called Jesus said to me, Go and wash. You don't have to be a theologian. Some of us want to learn everything, like Eddie. You want to learn everything. I know you're listening to me, but you'll never learn everything. Say what you know. A man called Jesus said to me, repent. That's all you need to know. You don't have to preach like Brother Ted. Or go to that Say what a witness says what they know. And some of us can't say anything because we don't know anything. Beside, works of God is no secret. It's not he that sat and begged. This was his past. I, I said our neighbors are closest to us. They ought to see. A difference if we are converted, our spouse, our family, salvation is no secret. What well, people don't want me come in their homes, you know. Don't want me come. I don't know what kind of church is this that a pastoral visit is not welcome. I I, I don't know. What's the secret? What's the secret, Charlie? Hey, man, you see Charlie laying on a cot. 
Oh, you want a cup of tea and a piece of cake? I want to know what's the secret. It is sad. Too secretive, man. Talking about the witness of the new man. We witness in various ways about the grace of God in our lives. People ought to see your spouse. Ask them, ask them, what is his life like? What is his routine every day? Yeah, he go and walk three times a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yeah, I walk, keep my blood flowing. And you should do that, I encourage that. But what is your routine? Mark 4, the demon-possessed man was seen in his right mind after the Lord had cured him. But the people of the village asked the Lord to leave town because they were put out of their swine business. Change. And sometimes the liquor store don't see you anymore. The porn shop don't see you anymore. And the smoke shops that are cropping up everywhere The witness of the new man. Verse 9 and 10. Some say it is he. Others say he's like him. He said, I'm he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? The Jews. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clear. And opened mine eyes and said to me, Go. To the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received. Right away, these people should have known this is the Creator. Right away, when they heard a man made clay, they should have known who that man was. They were so blind. For he has made us and not we ourselves. Then no. We can't make anything. All we can do is use what was already made. All things were made by him and without him nothing was made. John tell us this in John chapter 1. Here he is, the creator. In he didn't tell them uh, there was a big bang, a big explosion. And that's how I came about. No. Someone made you. This educational system has twisted the mind of many young people. The witness of the Christian is God is the creator. He answered correctly. It's a powerful witness. A man that is called Jesus made clear and anointed mine eyes. Obviously, the Pharisees knew this man that is called Jesus. He's the Son of God. Only God can create sight. 
What rubbish we are hearing today in, our, in this nation that is permitting such nonsense. And a child bring a Bible in church, in school, and they take it away from him. Long for the day when righteousness comes. The Jews of Jesus' day did not want to hear this witness. I get kicked out of church. And said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. You know, I keep telling you that though the means are the same, though the effects are the same, we often don't know from whence they came. That's what Jesus said. Here is it again. Jesus vanished. See, we now have to learn of him. The Jesus who saves us vanishes. We must learn of him. We must study to know him. We must rank ourselves under the teaching of God's word. Where he's seen more clearly. The man rightly said, I, I don't know where he went. And that's what the church does. If it's a good church, if it's a church where you would like to jump up and scream, you would know nothing about Christ. But what further complicated matters is that the miracle was done on the Jewish Sabbath. And there was a reason for that. Work is to be done on the Sabbath. Work. Gospel work. Busiest day of my life. Tiresome work. This was to show what should take priority on the Sabbath. A lot of you here are Sunday morning Christians. As though God is going to buy that. Sunday morning, that's my quarter. Where do you get that from? That's not Reformation. Some of us are from the old school, the record days, the Hoover days. We have moved beyond those days where the whole day goes to God. Work. The Jews were blinded by their Sabbath keeping. The man that was blind made a powerful witness. The man that is called Jesus made clear on the Sabbath. Anointing my eyes. Just like the first day of the week, the Lord said, Let there be light. That's a work of grace. Now, these are our observations conversion today we saw the blind man helpless hopeless we saw the works of Jesus manifested he is the creator he commands us to wash he anoints us to 
is the oil of gladness, the Holy Spirit. We saw the witness of the new man. A man, yes, he is a man. That is called Jesus, made clear and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received my sight. It was not the pool. It was the power of God's word and the obedience of faith in that word that made this man whole. It is the obedience of the sinner to trust Christ that saves them. There's no pool today. There's no grace in the water back there. There's no healing property properties in water baptism. But the prophet said, in that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Yes, there is a fountain filled with blood that is drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners who plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. There's a fountain. You can't see it. By faith, you come to Christ for salvation. Today, we are called to obey the gospel. And just as Frank said last week, it is a despised message that people would not believe unless God breaks our wills. We pray he will. Let's pray. May you be pleased, O oh Lord, to bless our labors, some of which may not be that which is pleasing to you, but that which is pleasing, we pray you will bless. And anything that was said amiss, because we are men with feet of clay, we pray you will overlook and forgive. But, O oh Lord God, use your word and the statements and the applications to show us where we are and may you draw us by your power to your son the lord jesus in whose name we pray amen, amen.